It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We focused on the coaches and GMs yesterday. Let's turn our focus to the quarterbacks today. That and more coming up on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free to this show on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcasts, and you can continue this conversation by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join Locked On the Commanders Insider Program, where you'll get news, inside analysis, and exclusive conversations with me one-on-one via text message through your cell phone. Always excited to welcome new insiders to the club. To join the club, go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders to sign up. I'm David Harrison, your host for this show, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers, as always. Greatly appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're dropping an early scouting report on Caleb Williams. That is much more about college quarterbacks than it is Caleb Williams specifically. You'll see what I mean here in just a little bit, and we'll dig for some hidden treasure from the Washington Commanders' loss to the San Francisco 49ers. But first, is there one roster building strategy that is hands down better than another? Uh, And that question comes from Bill as we get this mailbag going here today. I constantly see other fans saying we should go with QB instead of left tackle, Bill says. I know we have had five first-round QBs since Heath Shuler, and every one of them has or was hampered by the lack of a decent offensive line. To me, any new QB is destined for failure without a strong offensive line for protection and to support a strong running game. You can see how it's already affecting Howell. Are we doomed to repeat by building through quarterback first, or is there a chance we build inside out for the first time in a quarter century. So despite the certainty that some people would have you believe and, and full transparency and every day, as you already know this, I am a build the team, then put the quarterback in uh, type of person. There are other people who say it doesn't matter what your team is. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. And to a certain extent, obviously, if you have the world's best defense, but your quarterback can't hit the broad side of a barn, then certainly that's absolutely true. But there's no team out there with a starting NFL quarterback or a quarterback starting on their roster that has one of those quarterbacks. Right. Um, so the bottom line is you do you have to have a quarterback first or can you have everything else than the quarterback? Well, the answer that every NFL team is going to tell you is that they're trying to do it all at once. That's that's the real answer here is that the, the NFL team is going to try to do it all at once. Now, me personally, I would like to see an operation where a team puts the team together and maybe rides a veteran quarterback uh, and do those things before you plug in a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback um, and then have that kind of patience, show that kind of patience, because I feel like that's essentially what 
the New England Patriots stumbled into, right? When the New England Patriots stumbled onto Tom Brady, because again, and Ron Rivera actually made this point recently, they didn't know he was going to be a future Hall of Famer when they drafted him in the sixth round. That that didn't happen. Um, and, and you don't need Ron Rivera to point that out. Everybody can kind of figure that out for themselves, right? But what ended up happening is New, the New England Patriots had a really good defense. They had a solid offensive line. They had solid enough weapons that they only needed a quarterback to come in and be a game manager, a phrase that has become uh, a negative for some reason. That's what they had. So they put Tom Brady in there. Tom Brady was then allowed to grow within that system, win with that defense running game, having weapons around him. And then by the time Tom Brady really hit his stride as an NFL quarterback to where he could he could elevate a team, then you saw some of the other things happen that make Tom Brady the greatest quarterback to ever do it. So they kind of stumbled into that, you know, that that route, uh, basically. So if we're whittling this whole thing down to get the, the quarterback first or get the offensive line first, there's really no 100% guaranteed way to do it. But there are examples of teams that have done it each way, and you really don't have to look any further than this last first round for two prime examples. 2023 first-round quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, first two guys taken off the board. Stroud has clearly had the better start to his NFL career, but it's not necessarily because C.J. Stroud is just that much more talented than Bryce Young. Houston had the eighth most pressure quarter starting quarterback in 2022. So last season, before they got C.J. Stroud, their quarterback, usually Davis Mills, was the eighth most pressured quarterback in the NFL, pressured 179 times. 13% of those pressures were credited to Davis Mills himself, all of this according to PFF. So not all 179 was on the offensive line. 13% of them were on the quarterback. The Carolina Panthers in 2022, their quarterbacks, which was a litany of them, they got pressured a combined 131 times. So it's 48 times fewer Carolina Panthers quarterbacks were pressured in 2022 compared to Houston Texans. Around 19% of those pressures were credited to the quarterbacks, most of them to Baker Mayfield, right? So you have two situations here where you have one team who says our pass protection isn't all that bad. Again, 131 uh, uh, pressures total, which is less than what the Houston Texans had. 19% of those goes to the quarterback, which is a higher percentage than the Houston Texans had. So in theory, if you look at those numbers, you say the Houston Texans probably have the worst uh, of the two offensive lines, right? Well, Coming into 2022, the Houston Tech or coming into 2023, rather, the Houston Texans only re, only returned Laramie Tunsil to their starting offensive line uh, rotation. And I say off starting offensive line rotation. And what I'm talking about here is I'm using the top five snap getters up to this point this season because the Houston Texans have had some injuries. So Titus Howard is still on the roster. He was a starter in 2022. He is sixth among offensive linemen for Houston in snaps this year. Kenyon Green is on IR. He was a starter next year in Houston or last year in Houston. And uh, uh, Quisenberry, I didn't write down his first name. Uh, Scott Quisenberry, sorry, was a starter last year, has no snaps for the Houston Texans this year. So that's three guys on that starting Texans roster, offensive line last year. And I say starting again, top five snap getters last year on the offensive line that are no longer those top snap getters, those top five snap getters. Again, only Laramie Tunsil returned. So that's from the worst of the two offensive lines. They only returned one guy. In 2023, the Carolina Panthers starting offensive line in 2022 compared to 2023, they returned three. Ike McQuanu, Taylor Moten, and Bradley Bozeman. Uh, two of them have been replaced. Chandler Zavala has replaced one, and Cade Mays has replaced the other. When you look at their combined grades, according to PFF, in 2022, the Houston Texans pass protection accumulative grade from those top five players, 279.5 overall. That's an average of 55.9. Not very good. Carolina Panthers, 348.2. That's an average of 69.64. Better, not great, solid, I, I think is really kind of where you would put that. But 
Again, the Houston Texans made sweeping changes. Four new guys on that offensive line, getting the majority of the snaps. Carolina Panthers, only two replacements. The Houston Texans this year, their cumulative grade, 335.7. That's an average of 67.4 uh, total. The Carolina Panthers, their average last year, 69.64, 69.64, drops to 47.66 this season. So the offensive line absolutely does have an impact there. The Houston Texans improved their offensive line pass grades by 56.2 uh, on average or on, in total, while the Carolina Panthers dropped 109.9. Remember, the Carolina Panthers last year, with that 348.2, played well enough to get the number nine overall pick. They had to trade up to the number one overall pick. Their 348.2 last year, better than the Houston Texans, 335.7. Last year, the Panthers were number nine. This year, the Houston Texans are knocking on the door to a playoff uh, uh, spot. So for reference, the Washington Commanders' pass protection in 2022 was a 300.2. This year is actually a 338, which is better than I think most people would think. They actually improved their pass protection by 37.8 points. Still not great, but we're going to get more into that later. The Washington Commanders, of the three teams, Washington Commanders 338 had the highest score, cumulative score of their top five offensive linemen. The Houston Texans 335.7, Carolina Panthers 238.3. Now, Houston and Washington are similar in offensive line scores, except Washington is actually higher. Yet, Houston has five more wins. Why? Because it's not as simple as saying, fix the O-line, then you put a quarterback in, then you're going to win. No, the Houston Texans also have the 13th-ranked scoring defense, while the Commanders had the 32nd-ranked scoring defense. Houston also has a much more balanced offense. They rank 26th this year in yards per carry. Not good, but they're 22nd in yards per game. Washington is 7th in yards per carry, which is great. 24th in yards per game. So the, the Washington Commanders have are 24th in yards per game compared to the Houston Texans, who are 22nd. Despite the fact that the Washington Commanders are 7th in yards per carry, while the Houston Texans are 26th in yards per carry. Why? Because Washington is throwing at 66.17% of the time. Houston is throwing at 5949 percent of the time, which is still higher than the than the league medium. But you see the point there, much more balanced offense. So it really boils down to a combination of quarterback talent, line ability, complementary defense and scheme. So I've got a few more things I want to throw onto that conversation, actually. So I'm going to continue that here on the other side of this conversation. And then we're going to go to uh, who stood out from the 49ers game from the Washington Commanders. So we're wrapping up this build around the quarterback or go after the quarterback early conversation next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this conversation is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next big event. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you want to catch the final Commanders game of the season, you can do so for just $123. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts in some cases, because it's the place for you to find those last-minute seats. And the Game Time guarantees means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download Game Time today. Create an account. Use the promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create your account. Redeem the code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Continuing on with this conversation, mailbag episode of uh, Locked On Commanders here. Thanks again for being a Locked On Commanders first listener, first view today and every day. Every day, or six for coming through on a regular basis. Like you do. Don't forget, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to that first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Continuing this conversation about whether it's wisest to go after a quarterback and then worry about the rest later or worry about the rest first, then get the quarterback again. NFL teams are really going to try to do both at the same time. Houston Texans are a prime example of how you start to do that right. They're not fully there yet, but they're certainly on the path. Carolina Panthers are a great case study in how you do it just uh, terribly, to be quite honest with you. So, again, really what it boils down to is a combination of quarterback talent, line ability, complementary defense, and scheme. And when you look at directly the Washington Commanders, quarterback talent is certainly there enough. I'm not saying the dude is elite by any means, but I think Sam Howell certainly has enough quarterback talent in himself. Line ability was good enough according to PFF grades anyway, right? There were certainly some some not so good moments and some better moments more uh, more recently. Complimentary defense hasn't been there all season long. And the scheme certainly has areas that could have been improved to uh, facilitate this young quarterback early on. Now, when you look at the early struggles of offensive line from the Washington Commanders, a lack of defense paired with the NFL's highest pass rate, none of that helps Sam Howell. Similarly, the Carolina Panthers brought in a suspect offensive line north of 60% passes in their own offense for Bryce Young, who didn't even have the weapons that at least Sam Howell has. Like Adam Thielen is a number four receiver on this roster at best, and he's their number one. Uh, So that kind of just gives you an example of what Bryce Young has been dealing with while throwing the ball over 60% of the time with a suspect offensive line that actually got worse than the offensive line they had last year when they earned the number nine overall pick. On defense, Washington has now held its last three opponents to 30 or fewer points but gave up 30 or more nine times this season, while Houston has done so four times. That's a five-game difference. The Houston Texans have a five-game difference in the standings, too. Is that a coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. The two teams, I'll tell you this, the Houston Texans, the Washington Commanders, are 2-11 and 11 combined in games that their defenses allow 30 or more points. They also both have first-year starting quarterbacks. 2-11 and 11 combined. So it's not like C.J. Stroud is winning games in contextual situations that Sam Howell is not early on. Now, more recently, yes, the two teams are also 11 and 8 in games, allowing less than 30 points. Sam Howell certainly has fallen off as of late, but early on, the games that CJ Stroud was winning for the Houston Texans, his defense was playing complimentary. So while we have our football theologies, and again, I'm in the school, build the team, put in the quarterback, uh, the truth is it can be done in one year. Houston had the 27th ranked scoring defense in 2022. But it's about more than just the quarterback. So when you hear someone say, well, the Texans drafted C.J. Stroud and now they're going to go to the playoffs. It's important to understand that other players go into it, too, which is why it's not as simple as, say, draft a quarterback. But it's also not as simple as saying you can't do it while drafting a quarterback early, which we will dive to as well uh, coming up this offseason. So, again, it's the right blend of roster decisions, coaching hires, players that fit the scheme like Houston has done, which has taken their franchise from the number two overall pick, which is where Washington was last year or this year, where Washington is last year, is where Houston was last year, to possibly coming into the playoffs 
in 2023. So maybe not as hardlined an answer as most everydayers would expect me to take on that because I do have my belief in it, but just being fully transparent here, which is what I like to do. It can be done in one off season. And if you're asking me if it could be done with keeping Sam, Howell, certainly it could be done. There's a lot of questions that have to be asked for that. Uh, that won't be at, answered this weekend, regardless of whether or not Sam Howell plays, to be quite honest with you. And the hard part is, if you're the coaching staff GM making the decision to give Sam Howell another opportunity, you're not going to know if it's the right decision to make until August the earliest, uh, and really not even until October. Um, so that's a really hard thing to ask a new new group to do uh, coming in here to Washington. Next question comes from Keith. Anyone, uh, anyone look like a diamond in the rough against the 49ers? Asking if they're showing promise. Well, Coach Rivera mentioned uh, some guys like Tariq Castro Fields and Christian Holmes before each of them got hurt and even Nick Whiteside. So three cornerbacks stood out to uh, Ron Rivera. I've liked Tariq Castro Fields for a while now. Uh, he's a local kid. He's actually a DMV product. I uh, was hoping to see more of him this season after his rookie year uh, last year, but the drafting of Emmanuel Forbes and Quad Martin pretty much pushed any chance of that happening uh, out the window. Against the 49ers, Tariq Castro Fields got 11 coverage snaps, gave up one catch on one target for five yards. Nick Whiteside wasn't targeted. Christian Holmes gave up two catches on three targets for 28 yards and a PBU. So decent enough numbers there. Sam Cosme to me has been impressive most of the season, uh, but he was really solid uh, against 49ers as well. Nick Gates um, also has done pretty well uh, stepping in since Tyler Larson got injured. I think he's he's played a lot better than we saw early on uh, in the season. And, you know, I don't think Nick Gates comes back. Personally, I wouldn't hate it. I, I like the dude and I like the attitude he brings the offensive line. And if he's playing better at the end of the season, you know what I mean? Hey, give him, give him the opportunity to tap into that. You got him under contract. So we'll see what the, the, the commanders uh, decide to do. They don't have to release them. They don't need the money, but, you know, uh, certainly see what they have to do there. Uh, overall, Sam Howell was pressured only eight times against the San Francisco 49ers, five of them accountable to the offensive line, three of them accountable to Sam Howell. That's a really high number you don't want from your quarterback. None of the pressures came from Nick Gates or Sam Cosme. I think Quan Martin has looked better over the past few weeks, uh, really seeing some growth from him as well as the season comes to a wrap. Next question comes from Michael. We hear trust the process a lot, Michael says. With the combination of draft capital and cap space, what do you think this Harris-led rebuild process will look like from a strategic view? Uh, and I'm glad Michael asked, what do you think? Because that's literally all I'm going to do here, guys. I have no evidence. I have no insight. Josh Harris is not sitting me down, sit me down. Magic Johnson and Mitchell Rails and I'm going to sit me down saying, hey, bro, here's how we're going to attack this. Here's what I think is going to happen. I don't expect this team to be major spenders this offseason. I say major in the sense that they're going to have upwards of $100 million in cap space. I don't think you should expect to see $90 million of it get spent. Now, $50 million? Sure. Which $50 million is a lot of money in compared to a lot of other off-seasons, right? So, but still, it's only half of their cap. So because of that, I call it not major spending. Uh, cap is the, the salary cap is expected to rise pretty rapidly, rapidly over the next few seasons in the NFL. So I think the smart business move for the Washington Commanders, spend some cap, but make sure you keep enough of it along with that inflating cap coming down the road. Uh, preach that patience could be a sense of not overspending this one off season, trying to buy the best roster, but wisely spending, mixing in some draft picks, mixing in some free agents to fill some holes. Then you basically have a season with your new coach, your new scheme, your new GM, talent evaluations, all that stuff, figure out who you are in year one, hopefully figure out who you are while you're winning some football games, but figure out who you are in year one. Then you can be more aggressive with a good pot of money as well. $70 million or so in 2025. Uh, I do expect Josh Harris specifically to be incredibly involved in the hiring of the new general manager, head coach, executive vice president of football operations, whoever they hire, expect Josh Harris to be heavily involved. But once the hires are made and once the evaluation process starts, and once the football decisions start being made, 
I expect Josh to let the football people do the football stuff. When you look at the analytics approach of things, and that's what we see with the hiring of Eugene Shen, I'd expect things to be much more evaluation-based and not so much instinct-based, which is why the old adage of draft a quarterback in the top five because you're not drafting in the top five very often. I don't think that flies with this new staff because that's not the analytical way of looking at things. That is a much more old school kind of gut interest way uh, of looking at things. And honestly, when you look at top five quarterbacks in the last 10 NFL drafts, uh, the list is not very good. Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungabailoa, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, no quarterbacks in 2022 in the top five. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I think you've got, what, one quarterback, one Super Bowl ring with Carson Wentz. Uh, that he didn't actually play for, which wasn't his fault to get injured. Uh, I think that's the only Super Bowl ring you have in the last 10 years from a top five quarterback. The most successful quarterback drafted in the past 10 years, Patrick Mahomes, who was drafted number 10 overall. So the only reasonable conclusion here is that if you don't have the team to support a young quarterback, simply drafting one early doesn't ensure you any type of success, right? But that doesn't mean the Washington Commanders absolutely have to stay away from a young quarterback like Kayla Williams. Why? tell you that coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Doesn't matter what you bet on. Five bucks. Win or lose, you get $150, period. The Washington Commanders are 13 and a half point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. And on the other side of the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles are five and a half point favorites to defeat the New York Giants. Put five bucks on either of those after you sign up and make your account and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 150 bucks no matter what happens. I mean, it's literally free money. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. Uh, you got live same game parlays, you got new bets with the new explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, uh, which is the best way to find popular parlays. I like using the popular ones. I like building my own and and so many other ways to, to bet as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up this mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders here on Wednesday, and we're coming up with Bill who writes in everything I'm reading on Caleb Williams show me or shows me some of the same problems and some of the same strengths as Sam mobile, strong arms uh, among the good, but holds on to the ball way too long. 3.2 seconds on average says bill. Uh, he didn't cite his research, but I believe him uh, even longer than Sam from his North Carolina days uh, in new. If new management insists on trading up to get him, what improvements can the commanders make to accommodate another quarterback with the same issues with less draft capital capital? Uh, cause yeah, cause if you trade up, um, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to pay, you're going to pay a premium. You're going to pay probably a couple thirds, uh, things like that. So, and you know, obviously your first round pick goes to a quarterback. So you're not getting that blue chip offensive lineman. You're not getting the blue chip pass rusher. You know what I mean? Things like that. So the things that makes getting 
the right quarterback uh, to the top of his potential quickly is that it's it's a vastly different job in the NFL than it is in college for most most players. I think that's really kind of the biggest hurdle to clear and the hardest thing to scout when you're talking about quarterbacks, right? It's hard to develop a quarterback in less than, say, five years. Uh, it, it's actually very rare, I would say, that you see a quarterback enter their prime in their first five years. In college, you don't get five years. In college, if you're lucky, you get four. Most likely, you only get two. Um especially with tra- transfer portals. Like a coach gets their hand on a kid. If he's not starting and by the end of his sophomore season, he's probably transferring. So you got less than two years to make that happen. If you get a sophomore transfer or a junior transfer, you've got less than two years to put it into motion, right? Um, so I think the the rush in developing quarterbacks in the college level and on the, and the, on the NFL stage has really kind of caused some problems here. And in college, what they've done to mitigate this this struggle to develop guys as quickly as they can, especially come out of the high school game, is they've evolved their offensive coordinators into pre-snap delegators. They do this with hand signals and play cards. You see it every weekend watching college football. You see the receivers and the quarterbacks line up, and what do they do? They 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 clap once, and they look over the sideline, and then they look back, and very rarely do you even see the quarterback you know communicating after that point. Like the coach basically lines them up, reads the defense, and says, okay, here's what we want to do. Here's where we're going to shift. In fact, some quarterbacks don't even call plays in the huddle. Some quarterbacks literally call a player group an alignment. They call call a play shell, essentially. And then the full play or adjustments to the play, if they do call a full play, come in from the sideline. Um, So from there, there's no real progression in the sense that the quarterback doesn't really read the field and decide where to go to the ball. Cause again, even pre-snap progression, even pre-snap breeze, again, the coach is doing the pre-snap breeze, not the, not the quarterback. And in college, there are routes run all the time that they're never going to get the ball in the NFL. Every route you expect every receiver to be ready for the ball at any moment uh, in time and quarterbacks understand that they can throw it to any route on the field. But in college, a lot of times it's one, it's one read, two reads, and sometimes their third read is run. You know what I mean? It's not even a situation where you want them to actually go through their progression. So the job of quarterbacking and offense in college is so much different than it is in the NFL. Like to, to the naked eye, you receive the snap, you drop back, you get the ball out. And, and it's the same thing in the NFL, but it's not. And it's not even just the talent level, but the talent level is so much better in the NFL. But the job is so much different. Like for a lot of these quarterbacks, and then we've heard Eric Bianami talk about this with Sam specifically this season, a lot of things that Sam is doing, it's the first time he's doing them. So if the first time he's doing them, things aren't going well, how much confidence can you really expect him to build in the, in the operation of things uh, you know, moving forward, right? Especially when you come from college where you can get away with holding the ball, you can get away with extending the play. You see quarterbacks in college run backwards. I've seen Patrick Mahomes run backwards inexplicably back to the line of scrimmage, running backwards away from NFL linebackers and defensive backs and even defensive linemen thinking he's going to get away from them. And you know what? Sometimes he actually does, but a lot of times he doesn't. The, the thing about it is that they win enough that nobody really points out how many times it doesn't work. But I promise you this, if Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs were losing more games than they're winning, those times where he does that kind of stuff would be a lot more discussed uh, than it is right now. And I'm not wishing it on Patrick Mahomes by any means. I enjoy watching his game, but what I'm explaining here is, where it's hard to talk about Caleb Williams and 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 how much of his college tendencies are a problem, I can tell you right now that you're not going to know how much of his college tendencies are a problem until you get him into training camp. Like that's that's just the the bottom line truth because you know he's not calling most of his own plays. 
you know he's not making most of his own adjustments. You also know that in the college game, most of his his progression is it's set, right? Like Sam Howell comes to the to, comes to the to the to the line of scrimmage, and I can't tell exactly how he and EB do this, but most NFL quarterbacks come to the line of scrimmage, and yeah, there might be like a primary dude on this play, like this play Terry's the primary. But when I come up to the line, I'm like, hey, hey, you know, here's what I see, and if this safety drops down instead of bailing out. I'm actually going to hit Curtis on this quick, you know, uh, right side slant, something like that. They have that ability. College quarterbacks don't really get that ability. College quarterbacks is like, this is your read. This is your next read. Do it. If not, make a, make a play with your athleticism and keep things going. College coaches don't really want their quarterbacks throwing the ball away too much because they're athletic and especially depending on the level of competition. Like even a school like, say, Wisconsin, if Wisconsin is playing, uh, I don't know, uh, Appalachian State. You can tell your you can tell Tanner Mordecai to run around the field for six, seven seconds because he's got the athleticism against the competition level. He's got pass protection comp against that competition level that we can get away with that kind of stuff. We get to the NFL, he doesn't have that. And yeah, we tell him, hey, don't do this anymore. But what happens under stress? Muscle memory happens under stress. You know what I mean? So it's it's really hard to to really understand because you're gonna sit there and you're gonna ask the guy, like you're gonna sit down and look at, at tape with him. And trust me, he's looking at tape. And he's looking, he's hearing his, his coaches are teaching him how to read progressions and how to read pre-snap defenses, but he's not actually having to put it in an application. That whole thing is, is really different. So again, there's a lot that you can't actually see come into play until you get him on the field. That's why it's, it's such such a crapshoot. You know what I mean? To be quite honest with you, Uh, but we're going to do the best we can. And I'm going to tell you the best I can. And and, then trust me, those lenses are going to be on there. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to be looking for progressions and we're going to be looking for, for smart decisions and, and all that stuff, even at the collegiate level. Um, but that's what makes everything we've discussed today about bringing in a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback so important is all the platform stuff and quarterback. And that's what makes quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow so stinking special is that it's very rare to see a guy come in and handle it as well as they have. You look at Jared Goff for the Detroit Lions. It's not that Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams, you know, didn't know what they were doing per se is that Jared Goff needed that time uh, to really kind of get comfortable, get his feet under him, become an NFL quarterback, because he just didn't have to do it uh, at Cal nearly as much. So I don't know if that's the answer everybody wanted. I'm going to give you much more in-depth, you know, college or uh, college, uh, scouting reports on guys like Caleb Williams as we get through uh, this offseason. But for right now, just kind of in the vein of what this mailbag episode has been, I just want everybody to understand, like, this is why it's hard to really pinpoint who's going to work out in the NFL and who's not, because the job is not the same. It looks the same, but the job is so much different once you actually get them into an NFL building. And you're not going to know, for the most part, if they can handle it until you get them into the NFL building, until you get them on an NFL field. Coming up tomorrow, Dallas Cowboys, Washington Commanders, Marcus Mosier, and I will sit down crossover Thursday, and we'll talk about this weekend's matchup. In the meantime, you got other questions for future mailbag episodes. Throw them in the YouTube comment section. Locked Insiders, hit me up. Text me, join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. We should have a command huddle. Uh, Insider-only mailbag episode dropping this weekend. Don't forget, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Thanks again for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.